On my way to Bootsy Bellow with hella the hoes. Try and think what I'ma tell them when they get alone. I'm a glutton for women I shouldn't yearn for. Shouldn't be tempted, but baby, I like to hurt. Or maybe cause I was searching, I found me the perfect person. But me and her didn't work out, she buried what you work for. And I carry the bitterness of a colonel. Now, Jerry and shit, my parents never showed much. Womanizer probably could have been a feminist cause I respect them. But Lord, I got polygamy problems. The hoodie come for bonnies, spending money is therapeutic. The way shit, they don't think that you care to buy. So we buy Prada, Balenciaga, like it is not a. Enough of Ari, my favorite's God and tax problems. Pierre Moss, I dropped 10 on my last visit. And half that up in sacks, our favorite black businesses. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. No way. Hey gang, say gang, what's good? This is your guy. No way, Jose. Now tuned into another episode of Ain't No Way the Podcast. Thank y'all for coming through, listening to yet another episode. So this episode is kind of a little different. I don't have my guests in front of me. I have my guests over the phone. So this is the first first time for everything. So we definitely gonna um have a good episode and try to make it work. So I'm gonna let my my guests introduce themselves. Um, and then we're gonna get into it. Let's go. Hello. Hey. What's happening? Nothing much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for for, uh, answering the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. All right, so who are you? Um, so it's your girl, Tia Maureen. Um, if you follow me on Facebook, it's Maureen A. Johnson. But most people know me by Altia Maureen on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. You know the deal. Everybody want to plug themselves in the beginning of the episode. Like, you don't have your own time. <laughs> you know, I got to get it in there. I got a lot in there. Okay. So, I mean, y'all have our social media and whatnot. Um, so what do you do? actually am a jack of all trades. I wear a lot of hats. Um, I, I do have a nine to five, but I'm also an entrepreneur. Um, I am the owner of the Melanated House of Beauty. So if, you know, you guys wanted to check it out, it is a website um, targeted for women of color. Um, it's for the beauty industry because there's a lack of uh, beauty products for women of color, women men and children of color. Um, primarily people who suffer from hair loss, um, which is called alopecia. There's different forms of it, but it's something that is near and dear to my heart and something that I, to myself, suffer from. So I figured since I noticed that there was this pretty big gap in the community when it came to beauty products and um, the the length of the products that we have and access to it, I decided to take it upon myself to curate a brand and curate an actual company um, specifically for us because it's it's not normal to see an actual place just for us. So that's pretty much what I do outside of my 9 to 5. So what made you want to start doing that? Well, um, alopecia is something that has affected pretty much almost every woman in my family, and it is hereditary. And when I was younger, I honestly thought that I had escaped it. And I thought that it wasn't something that would affect me. And I grew up watching, like, my older sister, she had it since she was born. So she would have, you know, random spells where her hair would just fall out. And there was nothing we can do to stop it. We just had to, you know, keep moving forward. But by the time I reached 17, um, my hair did end up falling out in several places. And I didn't know why it was happening. I just kind of was devastated. I mean, imagine being in the shower and watching all your hair go down the drain, and you have no idea why. Um, So after it happened to me several times, um, I kind of got in the kitchen, me being a broke, young, fresh out of high school, college student, um, decided I was going to make my own conditioners and shampoo treatments. I tested the products on my sisters, and to my surprise, it actually grew her hair back thicker and longer. So... You know, they say, if you can do that, you you got growing hands. So <laughs> I decided to start curating a line of wigs because I also noticed that, you know, once you have these spells, it's very hard to maintain your hair, um, whether it be through natural hairstyles, um, weaves, braids. It's really, really hard for us to maintain our hair just because it's so sensitive. Um, so I also came out with a line of wigs that are... They cross over for children as well. Um, 
there's a lot of kids out there that who suffer from alopecia or hair loss as a result of diseases, um, autoimmune diseases such as leukemia or cancer or anything of that category. And um, I can't tell you how many times I've had someone in my chair and, you know, they suffer from the same thing and they say that they've gone to shop after shop after shop and there's nothing for us. And by us, I mean people of color. So that was heartbreaking to me. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to be the change and figure out a way where we can help everybody out. Right. So when did you start this business? <laughs> Trial and error. I decided to actually go for it uh, December of 2018. Okay. Um, I failed a few times. I'm not going to lie. I did fail a few times. But I'm not someone who gets discouraged by failure. Um, failure, it drives my ambition because when I fail, I look at it as like a life lesson. What can I learn from that? Okay, I did it this way. I know it's not going to work, so let me try it this way. And that honestly is what landed me to where I am now. I ended up being able to build my own website, something that took me months to build. And I am so very proud of what I've built already. The clientele that I've built up the website, the inventory. It took a lot of hard work. All right. So, so you know, you failed and um, you said you was doing conditioner and stuff out of, uh, you know, high school and college. Why you didn't go full force then, if you don't mind me well, asking? I'm sure, um, <laughs> I'm sure the, the listeners know uh, millennials, it's, it's hard. It's hard in these streets. It's real cold out there. And financially, I just did not have it. I was completely out on my own trying to, you know, trying to make a dollar and 15 cent. And I did not have the money to purchase myself. Um, the higher end brands where they really, they're all natural products and they cater specifically to girls of color. So I decided to go on YouTube and just look it up then and, and do it for myself. Back then, I didn't think it would be something that could actually help anyone else. I was literally just doing it to make myself feel normal and make myself feel better about what was happening to my hair. Okay. So what's the, um, as a as an entrepreneur, business owner, and things like that, because, you know, I'm, I wear the same, I wear a lot of hats too, right? So um, your opinion, what do you think is the hardest part, you know, being, you know, starting? Or, you know, being in, you know, an entrepreneur or trying to go into that realm? Um, I would have to say the hardest part is fear. Um, in the beginning, I thought the hardest aspect would be finances. And I proved myself wrong. Um, in reality, it was fear that was holding me back. Because no matter what I... You know, once I decided to get over that hurdle of thinking that, you know, it's something that I can't do and knowing that, you know what, I, I'm just going to trust God on this one because clearly I've been called to do something and I'm just going full force. And ever since I got over that hump, it felt like um, the odds were no longer stacked against me, but like the, the path was pretty much carving out. So um, I was still broke. But every paycheck, I would put $50 aside and buy something that catered towards my business. And before I knew it, I was just, my inventory was building up. Um, so to my surprise, fear was the hardest thing that I had to overcome. Okay, I can, I can see that, right? Because nobody wanted to take that first step. So yeah, yeah, definitely fear. Okay, so now, you know, you got you got over the fear. Got over the fear. Um, as far as... Uh, Business-wise, what do you feel is the, the hardest part, like, maintaining your business day-to-day? -day? No, not necessarily, like, starting it. Are you, still fear, are you still fearful? Or, like, what do you think is the hardest part now? Um, You know what? I would say that I am still fearful on a daily basis because there's a lot of things that I haven't learned yet. Um, but I don't let my fears stop me. Um, if anything, I welcome it. Because I can pretty much gather, you know, what direction I need to go 
into. So basically, if I'm terrified about the financial aspect, I can go on Google and find the answer or TikTok or Instagram. I mean, nowadays, we have so much at our hands where we can literally solve the problem like that um, by simply researching. We have the research at our fingertips. Um, Business-wise, the hardest thing for me would be... um, I want to say the analytical aspect and driving traffic towards my site. Um, I didn't think it would be as hard, but you really have to post and you have to like reach out and and keep pushing your products. If it's something you believe in, you have to keep pushing it, keep pushing it, keep pushing it. And the best advice I was ever given by a entrepreneur who I had watched grow into something big was you have to do it seven times before people are actually going to notice. And that was like, that literally stuck with me ever since. So that's my plan. Post it seven times so people can notice. So that's a good tip. Um, so uh, what's your relationship status? Because, you know, we talked about relationships on, um, uh, you know, the last season. And, um, you know, you did listen oh. to the last season or whatever. So how do you, like, what's your, <laughs> like, we're, we're going to tie last season into to this season, right? Um, so uh-huh. what's your relationship status? My current relationship status is single, but pretty much off the market, I guess. Um, and what that means is, and actually I learned this from listening to the podcast, right. but I'm a huge fan. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was uh, A, D, um, a Boogie with the Hoodie. Cousin. Yeah. Hey, Boogie, I love her. She's so funny. Yeah. I think it was her that said it. She was saying that she was dating without intent and just kind of like, you know, trying to fill things out and seeing what the dating scenery was like and just figure out what she wanted. Right. Um, I had started down that path, but then I kind of took a hard left because I felt like um, I'm not where I want to be in like just yet. And it's going to take me some time to get to where I want to be. And I'm someone who can't live without a purpose. And I can't have dating in, like, the center of my life, especially now more than ever, because it's kind of hard to date. <laughs> it's really hard when you're an entrepreneur, you have a nine-to-five, and on top of that, I'm a single parent. So it's, it's really hard to date. So I'm glad you say it's hard to date when you're an entrepreneur. Um, and I had this conversation before. I don't think I talked about it on a podcast, but I did have this conversation before with another entrepreneur um, who who is doing very well for himself, and he actually mm-hmm. just got into the dating, and he said the same thing. Dating while being an entrepreneur is hard, right? But he had got with someone who is actually an entrepreneur, too, so they kind of balance each other out. So what's the hardest part about dating while being an entrepreneur, do you think? Ooh, I got it. Okay, so <laughs> I've ran into this problem so many times. Um, nowadays, people think that when you are not giving them your consistent, like, attention 24-7, that you're trying to play them or you're playing around with their time. I try to let anyone that I am interested in or who has crossed my path know, like, hey, I am an entrepreneur. I'm also a single mother. I have a nine-to-five. And I also, you know, I'm in school full-time, and I work from home. I don't have any time, any spare time whatsoever. Because there's literally only 24 hours in a day, and I'm looking for 28 hours, okay? I'm making that 24 stretch to 28. I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. I don't have time to play around but I'll make time for the right person to give them the necessary attention. And what that means is I'm not going to give you my full and undivided attention 24-7, but let's say, you know, I may have a lunch period where um, typically I just, you know, relax and kind of meditate. Instead of me spending that entire hour and a half to two hours uh, relaxing and meditating, I may spend one day, say a Wednesday, um, you know, catching up with the person that I'm interested in or that I'm talking to and, you know, seeing how they're doing. It, it, like I said, it's very minimal time that I can give, but, you know, I'm making time. And time is money, and I don't think a lot of people appreciate that. So is it, is it, a, hard, is it a hard balance, do you think? 
or is it a it's hard strangling. understanding or is a is it a is it a hard balance or a hard understanding a hard understanding because a lot of people don't want to understand it i think with everything in this most uh, recent five years has shifted where, to where a lot of people are becoming um, entrepreneurs and deciding to work for themselves. So um, some people are taking it as so as more so clout, you know, and they're not necessarily like believing like, oh, this is what they really do. Um, but if you actually were to see the full process from sun up to sun down, I don't go to bed until about two o'clock in the morning and I got to be back up at 6 a.m. That's four hours of sleep that I'm getting. And throughout the duration of the day, I'm working while I'm working, while I'm going to school, while I'm working. I'm posting content consistently on social media to keep my networking up and driving traffic to my business page. I'm working on the website, updating new products, updating descriptions, adding new products. <laughs> Um, changing the design. I'm also writing things down in my planners, trying to make sure I'm getting things off the checklist, doing my homework, and working my normal nine-to-five job at the exact same time while caring for a toddler who doesn't like to take baths, so I have to chase her down. Um, <laughs> it takes up a lot of my time. I feel that. Um, so I, I made a statement on a podcast last season, and I said, me as a single parent as well, that is easier to date. I feel like it's easier to date someone with a kid. Would you agree or disagree? I would agree. Why? Um, because I've dated someone who didn't have a kid, and um, it was really hard for him to understand boundaries. That there were certain lines you just cannot cross when it comes to a child, and I get that. Um, I get that you've never necessarily had, for someone who doesn't have children, you've never necessarily had the kind of responsibility of someone who's depending on you to care for them. Um, but at the same time, we have to understand selflessness. So if my child is in my face screaming and you just want some of my time, you can't get an attitude because my child wants my time or my attention and I give the attention to my child. That's my child. I literally gave birth to that tiny human i'm not gonna go back and forth with anyone about that and i feel like another parent will understand that yeah i feel that i feel that um yeah i, I definitely i always say the same thing like me personally i would i mean i wouldn't say i would only date someone with a kid but you would have to really mm -hmm. you had to really wow me in order for me to in order for me to be like you know what you don't have any kids or you don't have a kid um like you know let's try to do something now speaking of right. that what's your <laughs> i always ask this question right because i have a max like what's the max amount of of kids they they have before you be like mm, you know what that's too many i'm being crazy right now. <laughs> oh gosh this is a. <laughs> you sure you want to know the answer to this My because goodness. People always look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them how many kids I want, and I'm so serious about this. I want six kids. You want to push and out six why. babies? So no, so so how? Nah, not how many kids you want, but like, if a man came up to you like, "Look, I want to talk to you X, Y, and Z," and he uh -huh. has kids, what's the maximum amount of kids that? he can have before you like, mm, you know what, you got too many kids, I can't do it. Because like you said, you want six kids. What if he mm -hmm. already have six? Like would you talk to him? He don't want no more. That's he oh, got, you no, know what I'm saying? Wild. Twelve kids. Well five, you know, five more kids because you already have have a kid. So what's like the cutoff? <laughs> My cutoff would be about two to three. Two, because three. after that point most men are like, no, I'm good. <laughs> and yeah, any more than two to three, that's that's a little hard for me to wrangle. Um, I only have one, and I'm it's, it's a whole different learning process when there's more than one added to the bunch. Right. So it's like you know, say if they came with like five or six, I would be like, okay, this is extremely overwhelming. Um, I know what I pray for, God, but we need to you know we need to go ahead and have a little ponderosa and talk talk this out. <laughs> Cause I don't know why you, you 
Hey, see, I mean, I always, I always heard when you, when you ask for things, you gotta be specific, down to the T, down to the T, right? Yeah. You have to be, you have to be, um, you have to be very specific. Like last year, uh, to well, two thousand and nineteen, around like November, um, November. November, December, 2019, I uh, wrote in a book. I had a journal, a red journal, and I was like, in 2020, I will X, Y, and Z. I broke down a whole bunch of things. I went back, looked at the list. I only accomplished, it was like 10 things. I accomplished eight out of the 10 things, and then we were shut down. Like We were shut down too, so, I mean, it wasn't really too much to do. Like, Because the things I wanted to accomplish that I couldn't accomplish was like travel and go mm -hmm. to like certain places, so it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't that. Um, but yeah, you got to definitely be specific. Like even this year, I wrote it. I got it somewhere on my desk, wherever that may be. Um, so definitely, you know, you definitely got to be specific. Now, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So because you are a businesswoman now, um, you you kind of know where you where you going. You got the extra steps. Let's let's go back. Let's go back. Right. So you're you're how old are you? If you don't I'm mind me 20. asking. I'm 26 and I'll be 27 in August. Okay, so you so you 20. That means you like a Leo, right? Yep. You the devil, stay away from <laughs> <I'm> her. <Leo. laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, everybody everybody that listens to the podcast know how I feel about Leos. Oh god. I always I always state it, right? I always state it, but that's that's neither here nor there. We can bash zodiac signs on another episode. Um, so yeah. now being uh. You know, the age you are now, and you know, growing into yourself, and um, you mm -hmm. know, living life day to day, single parent. What would you tell your younger self, as far as like everything, not even just like when it comes to business or when it comes to like how to be a mother? Like, what would you tell your younger self? Mm, Lord, <laughs> this is um, that's a good question. So I struggled right out the gate. I struggled a lot. And most importantly, I struggled with my mental health. Uh, anybody who follows me knows that it was something that I, it was a silent battle that I was suffering from. And I was feeling like I always had to be the best at everything. And that kind of comes from um, the household and the upbringing that I, I came from. My mom, she always pushed me to be the best that I could be at everything and reinforced me with knowing that, you know, I always had to work 10 times harder than, you know, my counterparts to get half of what they got. And that was pressure. I would go back and tell myself, relax, take your time, take a deep breath, and just tr trust everything that you're going through is a part of a higher purpose. Everything that you're going through is a part of where you're going in life. And you need to go through these things that you're going through in order to get there. Because everything that you're going through right now, although they may seem like the end of the world, there's going to be some beautiful lessons that, that are going to come out of it. And it's going to turn you into the most beautiful, mature, smart, boss woman and entrepreneur. Um, and it's going to give you the ambition and drive that you need to make it. Because... <laughs> Right. Entrepreneur stuff is real ghetto. <laughs> I, I I personally don't think it's ghetto. It has its I moments. It's I feel ghetto. like I feel like the start, the start is a uh, is the hard part. Um, the start is a, the start of being an entrepreneur or whatever. Really starting anything, right? Because I, you know, I'm I'm I was just saying this earlier. Uh, I'm a, I'm a lot of different people in one body. Like I am myself. Yeah. I am myself. I am, you know, Jose. The re the regular mm -hmm. person, I am Jose the dad. I am Jose the you know the nine to five employee. I am Jose the producer. I am Jose mm -hmm. the, the podcaster. I am Jose the the um entrepreneur, right? So I I wear I wear a lot, right? So it's it's all about balance, you know, because you definitely have to balance, right? Um, so it's definitely definitely very important. Um, even now. Uh, Cause this is kind of what I would tell my younger self, like even now to 
So like, just really stick to what stick to what you know, not what you know, but stick to what you want, right? So I would definitely tell my younger mm-hmm. self, because when I was young, I had, I had, I had definitely had a, a dreams. I had dreams. I was having this conversation uh, with someone about how like your plan for your life is not necessarily going to be the plan on your mm-hmm. life, right? So if I definitely would tell my younger, I would definitely tell my younger self like. Whatever you want to do, grab that shit and stick to it, right? Because I I, I loved music. I loved mu- music when I was younger. Loved it, right? I you know, um, you know, I was in a band in school. I you know, um, like I was in a band in school. I was a band. Geek. I wasn't really a band geek. I ain't gonna say that, but I was in a band in oh, school. Wow. I was uh, I drum at church. I used to drum at church. Um, I was I gonna be that. a part of a. Uh, a, a, like a drum line, like I, I was, I music everything. I love music. Like I can sit and I can talk music for hours, right? And I, when I was in high school, I was like, yo, like I want to start producing, right? But I never really took it serious because I didn't even know what to do. I didn't know like what way to go, what route to go. And at that time, if mm-hmm. I would have, you know, started, I probably would have been, you know, way farther than what I am now. But I love the process that I'm going right. So. Then it was just like, all right, you know, I, music didn't work, so I tried something else. I want to do this. I want to do this. That worked. Mm, I don't really like it. Right? So I definitely would tell myself, man, find something you're really passionate about and stick to it. I would tell anybody that. Find something you're passionate about and stick to it. Because all, all you got at the end of the day is, like, your own final, like, what drives you. Like, your own driving mm-hmm. thoughts, right? So I asked you what the what the hardest part of being an entrepreneur is whether starting and or continuing. And I feel like it's just um, your expectations of people. Like I expect, I don't, now I don't have expectations of, of anyone, right? So I have my, my podcast supporters who, if I drop an episode, I know for sure I'll get like 50 listens in, you know, four hours. I know for right. sure I'll get that. I'll get 50 people that listen to it. 50 different people that mm-hmm. listen to it within four hours, right? Now, anything after those 50 people, that's just a plus, right? So when I post stuff, I don't expect people to share. I don't I don't require people to share, right? Because it's just like, if you really fuck with me, you're going to do it. So I, I, don't right. never, I, don't never, I don't never beg. But I support myself 100%. Like, I am my biggest fan. I'm my biggest fan. And it's crazy because somebody was like, bro, why you go so hard for yourself? Why wouldn't I? Like, why wouldn't I right. go so hard for myself? Because it's just like, at the end of the day, boom, let's say, right, where you live at? I live in Arizona. Okay. I so. live in Mesa, Arizona. You don't have people come looking for you. What? Stop. I don't know. You putting on, they go, they come, like, I, find me this girl with this voice. She lives in Mesa, Arizona. You better stop telling people that, right? No, they're not gonna be able to find me. <laughs> I hear you. They gonna they gonna find your voice. You are gonna be out at the supermarket one day, and and they, you no. gonna be talking like, yeah, can I get? Uh, you are gonna be at the gas station. Yeah, can I get twenty on three? Like, that's no, the girl. I... That's the girl right there. <laughs> yeah, you better stop that. But um, y'all. So like, all right. So you that's where you started your business and and whatnot. I would say it started in Delaware. Um, the idea came to me when I was pregnant. Um, I was about eight months pregnant, laying in my bed, scrolling through my feed and seeing other people, you know, do what I knew I could do 10 times better. And, you know, what I, I could really help so many people. For me, it was never about any kind of validation or expecting any support from anyone else because, I mean, I'm a Leo, so <laughs> I dream big, naturally. I've spent the entirety of my life seeing things um, and prophecies for myself come to to par. And in the beginning, when I would tell people about the things that I wanted to do, they thought I was crazy. Like, for example, um, my family, the whole family's in the medical field, doctors and nurses, um, registered nurses. And I was the first one to pretty much veer off and say, I want to be a chemist. And everybody, like, laughed at me. And I was like, nah, but for real, like, I want to be a chemist. I, I love chemistry. And then after being in years, I was like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, I was laying in a bed one day and I was like, I could do this. Like, I should do it. 
So I was still in Delaware when it happened. So you launched it. You launched it in Delaware. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with like nothing, absolutely okay. nothing, but like a picture, and like it was called um, the Melanated Beauty Bar. Zilp team. So don't don't try and come to my name. I still own the name. I have everything copyrighted, everything. Um, because the Melanated Beauty Bar is still a section of the Melanated House of Beauty. It's just gonna launch at a much much later date. That's gonna be my cosmetic line. Okay. So so it, it launched in Delaware. So now let me ask you. You have most of your supporters where like like people that buy like are is it just all over? The majority of my supporters are on the West Coast. I'm trying to okay. see, you know, because on the East Coast there's a lot of competition. Like a lot. There's a lot of extremely talented individuals coming up out of the East Coast. And I think it's the hustle. Like it's something that is just bred over there. Whereas I came, you know, me and my hustle, we came over to the West Coast and people were shocked, like, that, you know, I had such talent and I was doing this, that, and the third. So straight out of hair school, I left with a whole book of clients and they were serious. They stuck with me and word of mouth. It, it went old school and then out of nowhere, as soon as I relaunched and rebranded, People were, you know, hitting me up like, hey, can you make me a unit? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you make me some of that conditioner? So it was definitely a full circle moment for me. Okay. So I say that, right? So now you, so you got support from, you got support from, you know, the East Coast and the West Coast. So um, what I was saying was, well, what I was going to say was, um, I kind of forgot. I really forgot. Uh Um, No, no, no. You good, you good. Nah, I definitely feel it. Um, what I was going to say was because I, I feel like sometimes, you know, the support only extends to people saying they support you, right? Um, mm. You made me figure it. my question. You said, some, you said a lot of things that I want to touch on, but I can't even remember what my question was. But I would just say this, right? So the, the I always say the support is always um, to the limited to, you know, people only support you enough to say they support you, right? Um, so you can go, you can go like, you know, to the East coast or the West coast. So how, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say it. Fuck it. I'm fuck it. It's whatever. So, um, let's say, let's say you move, let's say you move, um, let's say you move, uh, to a different, let's say you move down South, like to Texas. What would be your game plan? Like, how would you, how would you like re like market yourself? Rebrand, not re, not necessarily rebrand, but like put yourself out there. Because now you, now you have to, now you have to, now you have to think about, you have to think about this, right? Nobody knows you, so all your supporters are no longer like they're still your supporters, but they're your supporters from afar. It's nothing like having mm-hmm. supporters like right next to you. You know what I'm saying? Like motherfuckers that directly, you got to rebuild your whole whole name. You know what I'm saying? So like, what would right. what what would defer you from? Just any regular person that'd be like, oh, yeah, I got a business. Here I am. What would you do differently? Because this could be advice on, you know, an entrepreneur listening to this. Like, all right, let me, how can I get myself out there? Um, To be honest, I think my work ethic and my hair crack that I cooked up in my kitchen um, is different. It's definitely something that's influenced by my grandmother. And it, when I tell you it works, it works like crazy. I use it on my daughter. Every two weeks, the deep conditioning treatment. Um, and I think that once anybody gets their hands on this, it's, listen, it's going to separate me from the crowd, okay? Because God has really set me on, and I tell it to a lot of people that are in my tight circle, God literally gave me a pot of gold and was like, go sell it. Like, go sell the product. That's your pot of gold. It's going to come back to you tenfold. Just keep putting the work in. And I think that my customer experience that combined with my actual, like the, the, all the love that I put into the products that I create, I think that is what's going to separate me from the best because it's in the industry that I'm in, it's hard to come by someone who's both, like it's hard to get both. Someone who gives you exceptional, remarkable customer service or the experience and exceptional, remarkable quality of the product and have it be, you know, within your price range to where it feels like it's not breaking your pockets. 
I hold all three in my hand. I mean, I feel like I got all the Dragon Balls. So <laughs> I feel like I'm unbeatable, unstoppable. I think it's I think it's seven. You need four more. Okay, but you in need the four more. Industry, it's only three. <laughs> like you gotta keep up. Nah, I feel that. I feel that. So so your advice would be to definitely just hustle. Yeah, just just keep doing it the way that I have are have already been doing it because I'm just a different person all the way around. I'm a shine regardless, and people gonna see me regardless. So, you know, whether I like it or not, and why not use my natural God given talent to just amplify what I need. So if I was to move to the South, I would just keep things the same. Just keep being me and keep my pitch exactly the same. And I feel like that would my authenticity would would draw customers near. I always refer back to the Bible verse, um, and it, it rings in my head consistently because it, it was something that I was worried about having having to be able to reach people across the globe because I want to be international at one point. Um, I would love to go international. And I just remember this one verse uh, where Noah built the ark and or he was, he was told to build the ark and he was like, how am I supposed to get to of every animal on this earth. And God told him, build the ark and they will come. And that has stuck with me ever since. Ever since I built the website, I have people from Africa, China, India, viewing my website. They haven't necessarily purchased yet, but just the fact that I'm reaching viewers over there, and it's more than 10 viewers that are outside of the the of North America. I mean, that's for me, that was a huge accomplishment. It made me feel I was like, wow, people are actually not only visiting, but they're returning to my website. Right. Imagine if they, they return seven times, and on that seventh time, you know, like how the Lord said the rest on the seventh day, on that seventh time, they actually make the purchase. Right. Uh, that's that's how it goes. That, that definitely is uh, something to look at. Um, so now I just got a couple questions, you know, just as far as entrepreneurship or whatnot. Okay. Sure. So now on a bigger scale, do you believe that there's some type of a pattern or formula to being a successful entrepreneur? And if so, believe, what what is it? What do you think it is? I believe there's an uh, algorithm. I don't believe that everybody's path is going to be exactly the same or in the same order but there is some sort of algorithm like some bold points that you do need to hit in order to be successful so what would those be make a business plan don't just think about it write it down and come with cold hard facts anybody who knows me knows that i don't open my mouth unless i'm speaking facts um that in in itself will give you the confidence you need in order to be able to push your product that you believe in because if you don't sound confident confident enough it's not going to sell nobody's going to buy it um the second would be to get yourself out there um, whether it be through social media youtube um, word of mouth in the newspapers send a smoke signal or a bad signal you got to find some way to reach your target audience and finding your target target audience is a part of your business plan um, and then the next one is ensuring that you have not necessarily have the financial aspect to back it up, but you have a plan to get to those finances um, and making sure that it's something that can be maintained, maintainable. Is that, is that accurate? On on make this sure podcast, you- we make up words. So that's a word <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I done made up so many words on it. I made up so many words on here. We're we going to make sure that it's attainable. There it is. It's attainable. It's, you got to set goals, long-term and short-term goals, um, and make sure that it's attainable. Also, consistency. So these are the, the points that you have to, like, literally hit in order to be successful. Do you have to do them all in the exact same order? I would say no, just because um, I launched before I even created a business plan. And I had to go back and go go backwards and do steps that I felt like I should have did primarily. But you never know. My plan, it, it more than likely doesn't match God's plan. Um, and that could have been a part of the plan that I needed to learn certain lessons. I needed to fail in order to say, okay, I need to go back and hit the drawing board again. And make sure I create an effective business plan to where 
you know, financially, it's attainable for me to be able to do that in a nine-to-five job and still be able to go to school. Right now, I definitely feel that. Um, who who are some of your your uh, influences you look up to, whether it be um, in your personal life or other entrepreneurs? Um, that's a really great question. So I would say some of my influences, business wise, I would say Jackie Ina. Um, she's a beauty influencer. I would say. Um, Jessica Ducart, who is the owner of Kaleidoscope Products. Um, I would also say, darn, I was so ready for this. <laughs> I have a ton of influences. Like, just, I'm rooting for everybody black. Okay, Wale black, and Issa Rae. Yeah, everybody black out there, you know, we all doing it. Like, we, it, we're a completely di- different generation, and we're literally, like, full force going for it and not only that i've seen so much support um it's been vague but support amongst the entrepreneurial realm for one another and just words of positivity so just everybody black but i would say my biggest influence is jackie Ina, just because she's someone who i I cannot identify with even though her business is catered towards like candles um I love the way she went about her business and she like took her time and it was something that she was passionate about and decided to share with the world. So it wasn't necessarily like she was trying to make a big buck off of people. It was literally her passion and she could care less, you know, what the way people felt about it. And it just so happened that everyone loved what she was doing. I aspire to be like that, to share my passion and my craft with the world. I feel that. I feel that. What has been your most satisfying moment um, in this whole process of um, entrepreneurship? The most satisfying moment? Oh, okay, I got it. So I told you that I did launch my business back when it was called The Melanated Beauty Bar. And then I took it down for about a year and a half and rebranded and relaunched this past January 1st at 12 a.m. 2021. And that day I was shaking so hard and I literally did the countdown to everything. And that was the most satisfying moment when I clicked that button to for my site to go live. That was the most satisfying moment, release of serotonin that I've ever felt in my entire life because I was like, I did it. Like, I did it. <laughs> And it was, it was surreal. Well, that's big. That's definitely big. I think the most successful, uh, or I wouldn't say successful, so satisfying moment. Um, man, I don't know. I have a lot, so I can't necessarily. I don't know. I think the most satisfying moment is when I when I did finally launch my podcast. Because once really? I launched my once I launched my pod, I had so I I've been sitting on this idea for. I launched it August 2020. I've been sitting on this idea for maybe like two years. Maybe two wow. years. And then I was just like, I, I didn't know what to do. Like, even now, even now, like, I always, I, I, I over-research. I over-research. So I'm like, all right, man, this is what I need. So I tried to do big. I tried to do big, like, I tried to go big the first time. I'm, I'm, you know, reaching out to a couple people. I, I had the idea when I was in San Antonio, reaching out to a couple people. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, yo, I need a space. I need a space studio space, and I need cameras. I need microphones. Right? I was just thinking big. I was thinking long. I was thinking big. I was just thinking way too big. Right? I was, I was jumping. I should have been taking baby steps. So then I came. I got out here, and then I was like, man, I want to do a podcast, and I just. I already had everything I needed set up. I had my account to, um, you know, get my podcast out on different uh, streaming services, all that. Mm-hmm. But I just never, I never posted an episode. Like, I started an episode, but it just had a song in the beginning, and that was it. That was just the start of the episode. And then I just came out of nowhere, and I was like, put on Instagram. I say the story. on. I say it often. Um, I put on Instagram, yo, I want to do a podcast. I put that on August 14th. August, like August 13th. August. I was going to say, that's my birthday. It was like either, it was like the 13th or the 14th. But I said it 
And like a day or two later, I recorded the first episode and then I dropped the I dropped the episode the next day. So I dropped the episode on a Sunday. I recorded on a Saturday and I had the thought on like a Thursday. So if you look back to the calendar or whatever August, August sixteenth was a Sunday, I believe. So then three days before that, August thirteenth. And I, I was like, it was the most satisfying moment. I was like, damn, I finally did it, right? And then now, yeah. my first episode has the most the most listens, which is as it should, because it's the first episode. But it's crazy because the second episode of like, it's like the last episode of the first season has the second most listens. It's just crazy, right? So that was that was definitely it. And then now this year, um, I mean, I had been worked on my website. I've been had the idea for like I was sitting on it for like a month and a half, and then I just came out of nowhere, just, just dropped it. It was incomplete. My website was super incomplete. It was super incomplete. I literally, Same. I sent it. I sent it to people. I'm like, yo, this is my website. I had the one girl. She was like, man, can I um give you my opinion? Can you take constructive criticism? I'm like, bro, tell me everything, right? Because I just dropped it, right? I don't know what I'm doing. She was like, mm-hmm. she, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even major. We had a conversation. It wasn't even major things. It was just like, I had like typos and shit. But she was like, other right. than that, everything was good. I mean, I sent it out. And like you said, like I get, I get people view my website from, from all these different places. Right. But I don't have, my website is just, that's what it is. A website. Like I don't, I didn't right. even do all the stuff where you can like, you know, buy merchandise and shit like that. Right. But that's dropping soon. Right, so that's 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 definitely congratulations. Yeah, nah, I we mean, we going season big. Three. Season three, man, we going crazy. And I just, yo, it was crazy. I just finally figured out how to do video podcasting because I was like I said, I was thinking long. I was thinking big. I was thinking long time. And I'm like, bro, I want my shit to be like a movie for real. I want it the best quality and X, Y, and Z. Whole time I'm thinking I had to go buy thousand dollar cameras. Man, I could I could shoot no. it I could shoot it on my iPhone, y'all. Yeah. I could shoot it on my, but I I wasn't thinking right. I was over researching, but now it's gonna be it's gonna be. I think my next most satisfying moment is when I finally do do uh the video video the visual because everybody was like, "Yo, you need to can we get video? Can we? I had hella people on Snapchat. Can we get video? Like, I mean, we see what you look like on Snapchat when you do finally post up. I don't post on Snapchat." It's like the only mm-hmm. social media I don't post on. They be like, "Can we Me see neither. a video?" Like, I right, bet, like I'm dropping it very soon. And then, um, my one friend that lived in uh, El Paso, Texas, was like, "You need to drop it now." And I was like, "Uh, I need to figure out how to do it." And then she said that I literally did my research, and then I was like, "You know, YouTube, like you said, yo, they got the they got the platform, they got the information out there. You just gotta go find it." So I was like, "Man, video." Video podcast for beginners. And literally, the dude told me everything I needed to know. I wrote down my notes. I was like, yo, I'm finna just get it cracking. Finna get it cracking, y'all. It's on YouTube. So, I mean, with this, well, I mean, you're not physically here, but you you never know. This this episode might be a visual episode of me just sitting at my desk (laughs) on the phone (laughs) looking at Instagram on my computer. Looking at Instagram. can I say something? Let's start talking. I feel like, okay, so I've listened to every episode. That's Literally big. every episode. So, like, multiple episodes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's your favorite episode? And that's like trying to choose your favorite child. I don't want to do that. I mean, you only have one. So, I mean, that's not really. Uh, Love Language. Season three, episode one. Season two, episode one. Oh, that was season two. Yeah. See, I, why would you put me on a spot like that? Season two, episode one. <laughs> Love language was the best one for me because I'm like, yes, I followed everything that you guys were saying. And I was, I loved hearing things from different perspectives. Um, I'm not someone who doesn't like when people disagrees with things that I have to say because I like hearing things from other people's perspectives. There could be something that I'm missing. Um, I really like that. Um, I think I identified the most with your one friend that was saying that <laughs> the one that you guys were making fun of, um, basically calling him a simp. Like, oh like yeah, Jordan. <laughs> Shout out to my guy, Jordan. <laughs> he's funny. He's just a he's just a, a lovable teddy bear. That's all. Yeah. But, Jordan, if you um, hear this, you heard it. She she agrees with you, bro. Don't do that. Sliding them DMs. Is your okay DMs open? Oh, you said you, you said you're not available. Right, you yeah, I'm not. I'm full. I, I, 
I just was like, you know what? What's for me is for me, <laughs> and it'll that. come when it comes. So, but back to the love language. I, I really enjoyed that episode a lot because I when I took after I took the test, I learned a lot about myself. So you never took a test before that? No, I did actually. That's uh, why I was oh, able to oh, like. Oh, okay. I was able to keep up with it, but when I was listening to the podcast, I was able to because I listened through it. I listened to it through my app on my iPhone. I was able to go back and look at my results again, and you know, it, it matched up what I thought, and I was able to follow along with the episode. and And I think uh, Jordan and I had the same exact one. Oh, but you were. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I do apologize. I just wanted to know. I I like to test people. Like, yeah, I listen to. I wish your favorite episode. But I know you listen to it because we talk about it every like every. Episode. I was gonna say, don't even do me because if you go, I'm pretty sure they show you the analytics and they can show you. They like, don't. Nah, I, I I look at my analytics every day. I ain't look. I ain't checking today though. Okay, you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> I okay, look at it every day. Let me see. So the last me. time I checked it was like a couple of days ago, and we had just hit 1,500 listeners. Congratulations. So we at fifteen oh six. So we went up six listeners. We went up a couple. Yeah, we we lit. We lit. Yeah, I mean, I I have a few few podcasts that I love listening to. One of my favorite ones, next to next to In a Way, um, would be the one with uh, Kadeen and Deval Ellis. The Ellis's. And I feel like you guys, like, your podcast is definitely on that, like, in that genre, so to speak. I feel like that genre would definitely have some competition. If you if you brought everybody that was on the previous season back into one room and did the same dynamic, you know, a lot of laughs, a lot of love, a lot of real talk, I feel like they would have some competition. And you would, you would really, you know, blow up after that point because I really enjoyed it. I felt like I was in... The same room with you guys, I was telling you, like, <laughs> I felt stupid because I kept talking, you know, and answering questions, but I'm like, oh, shit, I'm not there. Nah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's about to get crazy because, uh, man, like I said, you know, I, the video podcast is about to come soon, but, you know, we finally did secure a uh, studio space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got a studio space, and I got the vision for it. It's gonna be a vibe. So you know, once we get the vision, um, once we get the vision secured, I should say, um, we definitely gonna definitely gonna turn up. I'm gonna have literally like what you just said, y'all. I'm gonna just have everybody that was on there. We just gonna get all together. We just gonna drink, and just it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pointless episode, but it it's probably gonna hold some value. Like we're definitely gonna have a conversation. I might do my siblings episode there where I get all my family and we just be drinking and talking about some bullshit. Cause they be on they be Ooh, they be with all this shit. They would you know what else I would like to shit. see from Ain't No Way? And I hope you I hope you really wanna, you know, hear some like feedback nah. talk to me. I want y'all to get Letterman jackets. Like, can y'all have Letterman jackets? Oh, that'll jackets? be fire. You gonna fund them? I mean, if you fund them, I'll grab one. No cap. <laughs> I mean, I could I could donate a few dollars here and there. I mean, that look, go click the link. I can make it drizzle. Go, I can't make it right. Go click the link in my Instagram bio. And then at the bottom, it say podcast. Click the podcast button. And then it's got a support button right there. You can support okay, monthly sure. or, you know, you can drop, your, you know, drop the money in the cash app. All the, you know. Cause, Cause we definitely getting merch, and then I didn't necessarily think about Letterman jackets. That's actually a good idea, but I, I did. You know, like the, idea. you know, the Letterman jacket. Like when you have the actual letter, it got like the the carpet type of letter. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of that, but getting it on a hoodie, and it's saying ain't no way. But I didn't necessarily think about a no, Letterman. No, you gotta get a Letterman jacket. That'd be fire. But Jetta need, but Jetta need a like a series of like polos. I'm talking like long sleeve, short sleeve, like with her name like embroidered into it. With like, you know, like maybe like a bedazzled headset because you know she does HBIC. So like you gotta, she gotta be separate from everybody else. Hold up, what? Oh, you want us to wear them for the for the. For this. You ain't got to wear Oh, oh I, just in general. Oh, okay. I was like, what? You want us to be uniformed? Nah, oh. man, it's going to be a vibe because, like, you know, sometimes I just want to be chill. I might wear some sweatpants. You might catch me in some some shorts. 
you might catch me in a little robe one day. Because I'm feeling like, oh, a, you wow. know what I'm saying? You never know what you get. Right? You never know what you get. But, um, Not an robe. Yeah, I'm like, silk. Not silk. I can't do silk. But it's going to be Sad. a vibe. Nah, I ain't going to do no satin. That's, it, they get too hot. They get too hot. I had satin sheets and it's only good for pictures. <laughs> it's literally only good for pictures. Because once you start sleeping, you get hot. And you yeah. be sliding everywhere. So it's definitely not good. But yeah, no, I enjoyed this episode. Definitely, I would definitely look into it. Um, we actually, I'm actually getting, getting the merch together as we speak. I got a couple couple different people who I reached out to for shirts. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to support black businesses while also, you know, getting my business out there. As well. Oh, well, not necessarily yes. business, but my merch out there. So, you know, collabing with a couple different people. Um, in regards to that, because it's just like, all right, bro, like, let's give everybody black like, oh, black history month. Sorry to cut you off. Hell yeah, super black, super black, and black <laughs> history month. And I just hate we get the shortest month, but it's whatever, bro. Um, but yeah, man, so we definitely um getting merch out real soon. I'm gonna start t shirts first. I'm gonna do t shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to get a whole bunch of samples just to see like what's the best material. Um, what's the For you know sure. the best the best print all that shit you know we gonna we gonna go big um we gonna do hats, uh, custom hats we doing it all man we doing it all I got a plan like you. Said. I actually do know a lady that suffers from alopecia and what she did I think she did like what she did was dope, she cut off all her hair and got a head tattoo. I meant to tell you that earlier, but that was kind of fire. Like the head tattoo is fire. I would like I would like give her a shout out, but I don't even I don't even think she'd feel comfortable with me saying that, but whatever. But yeah, man, where can we find you? Your uh, your personal page, business page, um, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, Twitter if you have one. Where can we find you? For Definitely appreciate you. <laughs> Do you have any last words, comments, concerns? Um, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Um, I'm 
question? No? Um, happy Black Me, Black, Black, Black History Month by right. Black. And just remember, you don't have to do nothing but stay black and alive. To all my people that listen to this podcast that's not black, we just celebrate in our month. Um, but definitely appreciate y'all. Love y'all. This is your guy, No Way Jose, and we out. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Smack bouncy racks on handmade new racks. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back.